Welcome to All of You with Madeleine Munro, a space where we explore vulnerable conversations and topics centered around a trauma-informed approach to healing and growth, where we welcome all that we are exactly as we are. Hi, loved ones. Welcome to episode 10 of the All of You podcast with me, Madeleine Munro. How are we all doing? I am hopping on this recording from a place of real gratitude, like deep, profound gratitude that has been uncovered this month in November as this has been a really big month for me. A lot of tests came up, lessons, heart pains of my big fears manifested, some of my core wounds were activated. And I just felt so held by life and those around me. So I feel so grateful for community, the art, like the utmost resource of people that can hold us and see us and help us to see ourselves, even when we can't or it may feel difficult. And then utmost gratitude for the tools like nervous system regulation. I was reflecting with a dear friend this week around, yeah, some, some fears of mine came up. And it activated the core wounds of my core pieces that felt so painful to be with. And then through resources and practices, before we knew it, I felt full up with gratitude again. And I could say, thank you so much, universe. Thank you for this experience. I know you've got my back. I know this is for me to help me grow. And so just, yeah, feeling so grateful and honored and privileged to be able to have these tools that allow me now to bounce back more quickly from life when it could could have taken like floored me. I could have been freeze for days, weeks at a time before years ago. And now, even when some of the biggest challenges happen, coming back into a place of regulation, gratitude, learning, curiosity, more quickly than I could have ever imagined. So yeah, so grateful for this work. And as I feel into this gratitude, I am so excited to share that we still have places open for Heal With Love that starts in January. For anyone that identifies a woman that wants to heal your dating patterns and create nourishing, healthy, soul-expansive, heart-opening love that you know that you deserve but don't quite know how to manifest in your life. Um, Yeah, the early bird ends at the beginning of December. And yeah, so inviting you to lean in to the community that we're creating, this space where we can learn and heal together and we can be held to our highest around beings like us. It's one of the most powerful resources that I have, which is why I love group work so much because everyone is a mirror and we get to learn and heal through other people's experiences as well. And yeah, it just lights me up. So I'm so, 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 so excited. And you can book a call if you want at any time and check in if it's right for you. Or I have some people that you want to book straight away when you know it is. Um, But just knowing that there's community available for you. Um, Yeah, we're here and we're ready for you. Ah. And so today I wanted to explore the topic of boundaries with you because I feel like the better boundaries we have, the happier our life is. I really feel that boundaries are the core facet of creating the life that we really want 
And yet it's a key piece that we're not taught growing up. And actually, I feel that we live in an extractive culture like in it, that thrives on us extracting from ourselves or overdoing or overgiving or self-sacrificing in order to succeed. So therefore, boundaries can even be punished or ostracized when actually when we all live and we work from a place of healthy, happy boundaries and we can give from a place of love, generosity and kindness and high self-worth rather than low self-worth. And so what are boundaries? And this is where I'm going to use a few definitions and even my own ideas. So for me, boundaries are the place of which where I can love you and me simultaneously and where I can be in connection with someone in the best way. Like, how can I love you the most? How can I make this relationship or how can I co-create this relationship in the way that feels most loving and supportive and fulfilling for both of us? So it really comes from a place of like love and wanting to be in connection and, and kindness for the other person. There can be a like misinterpretation that, you know, boundaries are a way that we shut people out or they're there to hurt people or harm people. And actually, for me, boundaries are the best way that I can love you. They're the best way. And because when I'm clear on my boundaries, I'm not leaky with my behavior. I'm an integrity. I can show up fully with presence. I don't need anything from you because I'm taking care of myself. And actually, even when boundaries may mean that there's more distance or space in a relationship, the best way for me to love you may be from a distance. Like that's the best way. That's the easiest way. That's how I can love you the most. And so just allowing boundaries to be a tool for love, a tool for kindness, a tool for compassion. I love the way that Nedra Tawab um, puts, the licensed therapist, puts her definition of boundaries. And she says that boundaries are the expectations and needs that help you feel safe and comfortable in your relationships. Expectations in a relationship help you to stay mentally and emotionally well. Learning when to say no and when to say yes is also an essential part of feeling comfortable when interacting with others. And I love this because it reflects on the idea that boundaries create healthy relationships. They create safe relationships. They protect our mental health. They protect us. They create that for us in relationships. Otherwise, that actually can't often be possible. And it really also leans on this facet of consent, of like learning when to say no and when to say yes. And can we imagine how many times we may have said no and yes and not realized or been out of consent and not realized like actually we're out of consent with ourselves in the desire to maintain connection with someone else. So when we have boundaries, we get to keep ourselves more safe. We get to keep others safe because um, then we're in integrity in our relationships and we're in consent, we're in integrity. And boundaries are about us. You know, one thing that we can never control is how other people behave. And it, we can't control how other people behave, how other people think, but we get to set boundaries. We get to create a safe haven and choose how people and who comes into our life. And therefore, this creates a safer haven for us. 
And so when I say, oh, it's for others, what I mean is like, when I know that my boundaries are clear and clean, then I feel more trustworthy in relationship. I build trust with people. People can trust me because I'm being upfront and honest about how, what I need from you, what you can expect from me. When something isn't okay, I'm going to name it with you. And so it builds trust in relationships. But what it really is about is it's about us and how we build that. So while it impacts others and help us build healthier, happier, more fulfilling relationships that are more honest and transparent and easier, it's all about us. And we can't control how someone else behaves, but we get to choose who we have and how we have them in our life. And this reminds me of a really gorgeous quote I love from Mandy Hale. Um, yeah, it is. It is necessary and even vital to set standards for your life and the people you allow in it. And from a young age, we're often not taught that we get to have standards, especially in terms of consent. You know, how many times have you been taught with, you know, family, we have to all come together. This is your uncle, kiss your uncle, because that's what you have to do. Don't upset your uncle by not kissing him or go and hug your aunt, do this or this neighbor. Like how often are we taught that we have to maintain the peace and harmony and do things so that other people don't feel the consequences, the actions of, of having boundaries. So it doesn't create any sense of disharmony. So we're often taught from a very young age to bypass our own sense of yes and no in order to create harmony in a situation. And therefore, when are we taught like, hey, this is the best thing you can do for you and your relationship is to have standards for your life and the people you allow in it. And so boundaries are such a pillar, a cornerstone of creating an easeful and a better life. And because boundaries are with ourselves and with others, they help us through self-care, helping us to take care of ourselves. They help us through safeguarding so we don't overextend ourselves with others. They help us because we need to communicate our needs and our expectations with others they set parameters for knowing what to expect from others or what people can expect from us. They create clarity in relationships rather than wondering like, what if, or what's this other person thinking or what, what do we do? They create that clarity so that our nervous systems can rest and regulate into the knowing. I, I teach from this place that the clearer the container we have, the more that we can rest into it because our mind isn't going, what if? You know, this reminds me of, this idea of the relationship talk. I work with so many clients that um, find themselves in situationships, not knowing what the relationship is or what they can expect from someone they're dating. And it's one of the first conversations I recommend people having. Your desires, your needs, your boundaries, your fears, when you are becoming intimate with someone and creating a relationship container. Because the clearer your container, the clearer your boundaries, then the safer you can feel and the more vulnerable that you can be. You know, if we bring it back to the nervous system and our nervous system feeling safe, how can we feel fully safe with another being if there's still questions around what the parameters are of the container? So for example, with intimacy and, and sex, I often recommend, yeah, being clear around what your needs are, what your needs are for aftercare, what are your desires for that night? How far do you want to go with someone? Do you know if they're dating other people? Are you okay with their dating other people? Do you have any boundaries if they are dating other people? Do you want to know? Do you not want to know? 
And what happens is we don't have these conversations around boundaries and therefore these, these subtle resentments can build up and these stories and these assumptions, you know, and the assumptions can go either way. The assumptions can be, oh, well, of course they're not dating anyone else. We've been on four dates. It's been amazing. They've told me I'm the most lovely person they've met. So of course they're not dating out someone else. And then it can feel really hurtful or painful when actually that is true and they're keeping their options open. Or the assumption can, can go the other way where we can assume that, ah, we don't mean anything to anyone. They're obviously dating lots of people. It was only sex. It was only this. And therefore we may not understand the relationship fully. So it's like, how can we create more clarity and safety and understanding in relationships? So this idea of like, how can we love each other best? How can we become, be in relationship with each other in the best way we can? And it's through this idea of boundaries and communicating them and setting containers. And it can help us define roles with each other. What do we mean to each other? And it can also communicate acceptable, unacceptable behaviors. And how can someone know that they're not meeting your needs if you don't let them know? You know, how often are we willing to shut someone down or something or shut someone off because they have done something, but we haven't actually shared that this isn't okay for us. And so today we're going to look at like ways to do that, what can come up when we set boundaries. It can be the scariest thing ever. Um, and so first of all, we're going to start with why don't we set boundaries? Because if you're anything like me, I didn't know I didn't have boundaries. I didn't really know that I could have boundaries. I started flip-flop between like rigid behavior and loose boundaries. And then when I set boundaries, I went on a bit of a journey because it's a bit clunky with boundaries. It's such a skill to communicate boundaries. So yeah. So to start with, why may we not set boundaries? And this takes us back to our childhood. I believe that what we don't heal within our childhood will show up in our adult relationships. And so often our family history will dictate, will present, will show us um, how to be in relationship with others and either how not to have boundaries or to have assumptions or unspoken limits. So for example, perhaps you grew up in a conflict avoidant um, family system or, or community and no one spoke about anything, but there was just assumptions that were made. Oh, you just, you don't talk to dad about this. No, no, don't talk, you don't talk to dad about that. You don't say that to mum. You don't talk to Aunt Rose about this or don't mention that. For, you know, these kind of are like these ideas without someone actually setting a boundary and all these assumptions or limits of um, how someone can behave. And this can come from when perhaps our parents didn't set boundaries, but their mood changed. So perhaps we're doing a certain behavior, or we're playing or we're laughing, and our parents will change their mood or their behavior. And then we come up with a story about us, about why, and we're piecing together the pieces around boundaries. Or perhaps it's, you know, in a family system where they're we're taught not to have boundaries. We're all in this together. We can never hurt each other. We are family. We go through thick and thin. You can't say no to family. You can't say no to family. That's the worst thing you could possibly do. And so we're taught like, oh, I can't have boundaries with these people. I, I can't. That's, the, that's, that's not okay. And so 
when we kind of grow up in these environments and these containers and there's a whole spectrum of why this may come up, then as adults, it can feel so difficult to set boundaries. It can feel scary. It can actually feel um, life-threatening. And this is because, so whenever we're taking steps in relationships we're within our, and I talk about a lot about nervous system theory, um, so within our capacity for our nervous system. And, and so if we feel overwhelmed, what will happen is perhaps our prefrontal cortex will go offline, our autonomic nervous system will go online, will be triggered when we're overwhelmed. And then we will perceive a situation as a threat, whether it is a threat or not. And therefore setting boundaries can feel very unsafe because of where our nervous system is at. So this is first idea that it can feel dangerous because we're in ourselves overwhelmed. We're out of capacity. So whether there's a real, it doesn't matter to our nervous system if it's a tiger or someone being upset, we can see that as a threat. And so from this place, setting boundaries can feel like such a dangerous, life-threatening thing for us. And then number two is that Humans, we are wired for connection. We are like we're brought up to be in community, to live in family systems, to be parts of tribes. And when we set boundaries, it can bring up a fear of abandonment. A fear of like, I will lose my community. I will lose my connection. And that can actually be one of the scariest fears because when we were younger, if we were abandoned, we would die. So no wonder if that fear of abandonment is triggered as an adult, that we may feel like we are going to die. And I really want to emphasize how real this can feel. Because I remember when I started setting boundaries and there were with people that were so important to me, or even in work positions with people where my livelihood depended on these relationships, that it felt life-threatening. I remember thinking, or not even thinking, I remember feeling like so overwhelmed, I felt sick, my heart was racing because I was so scared of how the boundaries would be received. So just really providing so much compassion and love if this is your first time setting boundaries or if you're understanding boundaries and it feels this scary and it feels this overwhelming and that I so see you and I so feel you and you've got this. This is part of the journey, especially if we haven't set them before and I so see your courage and your bravery in doing this and doing things differently and creating a healthier and better life yourself by having boundaries, even when it can feel really dysregulating or distressing at the time. And these fears may be stronger if we have a fear of being mean or rude to others. That's definitely one of my, my pieces. One of my fears was like, what if I'm mean? Oh my gosh, they're going to think I'm so mean if I set a boundary. Um, and you know, how someone receives your boundaries through their lens and not ours. And I'm coming back to this facet that we cannot control how someone sees us. So, you know, allowing us to be in the mix of our relationships and other people allowing to have their stories and their projections or their experience of you. And, you know, people pleasing, I see stopped a lot of people from setting boundaries. And this can come also from a value of helping others. If you are used to people pleasing or, or helping others, rescuing others, caretaking others, then actually setting a boundary can feel like a disconnect from your worth because we get or getting worth through helping someone else. And so therefore it can feel really edgy and difficult because that then will be shut off. And perhaps we are anxious about future interactions. Perhaps what if I set this boundary and if someone then X, Y, and Z happens, you know, this fear of abandonment about what may happen. What if we're in 
groups together. I'm going to see them at Thanksgiving. I'm going to see them at Christmas. And so allowing this all to be in the mix and perhaps we project our own feelings about being told no onto others. You know, if we're used to these kind of dynamics of people pleasing or taking care of people's feelings, then feeling no art, hearing no ourselves may feel activating or triggering. We may project that onto someone else. Like, oh my gosh, I can't imagine how they must feel that I've said no to them. You know, so just noticing this like web, this tapestry of why we might not be setting boundaries. And even this idea of that, you, you know, as I shared, like that perhaps we can't have boundaries in certain relationships, just family or work, or like we have to give 110% at work. I have to always be available. It's my mom. It's my friend. I have to be available. If I'm not, I'm a bad friend. And so just really being with the alchemy of all the reasons why we may not. And if you're hearing these and these resonate, like just having so much self-love and compassion, because if these reasons are present, of course, it may not feel safe to have boundaries. It may have felt excruciating or painful or edgy. So loving you through the realizations, if this feels like, some seeds are landing for you. And sometimes instead of setting boundaries, um, we can actually do other behavior, such as like, you know, moving away or leaving a situation. And because that can feel easier, like conflict avoidance. You know, I've had clients, um, instead of having the conversations around boundaries, leave relationships. And so rather than sitting with the discomfort of voicing their needs and being with conflict and rupture and repair actually just just leaving because that felt safer so just noticing these mechanisms that may be keeping us safe rather than setting boundaries another one may be gossiping so where do we find our needs met for validation through gossiping with others because if we're feeling you know a result of not having boundaries maybe feeling resentment anger or frustration when I hear people share these emotions, I often share, I think there's need for a boundary. If you're feeling resentful, it is a beautiful invitation that a boundary is meant to be there. What is that boundary? But instead of perhaps when resentment or anger or frustration is present, we may move to gossiping because that can feel better for us when we can collude and we can enable it to like, yeah, this is so awful. And, and it's allowing that part of us to feel validated. It allows that young part like, oh, I am, you know, I am right. I am, this should be this way and, and allowing us to kind of get that dopamine, dopamine fix of, of validation from others without having to set the boundary. Um, and that's one I, yeah, I really highlighted with, um, yeah, I've seen quite present with certain, certain clients and groups I worked with because it gossiping often isn't even reflected upon and like why are we gossiping what need is being met right now and is that is it a need for genuine support reassurance reflection is that am I feeling anger anger and frustration and resentment and set the boundary so just inviting this intention around how we share and so other another way we may avoid setting boundaries is complaining so where you know and this is different from sharing to be seen and held or sharing for reflection because when we may share out of complaining, often we can feel rigid and there's no desire for resolution or an answer or support or for help. So we can share just to vent our emotions, anger, frustration, or resentment, because that helps us to 
get them out, to be heard in them without having to change our behavior by setting boundaries. And so if you recognize these techniques, I so, I'm so with you. These, these have also been my coping mechanism and my relational styles. And the challenge is, is that these can only often serve us for so long because only we can take care of ourselves fully and only we can teach others how to show up for us and teach others how to love us best. And actually, when we use these mechanisms such as gossiping, complaining, or just moving out of relationship or avoidance, then often we may see the consequences of not having boundaries show up. And so the consequences of boundaries that I often see are like a sense of overwhelm. There's too much going on. This is an invitation for a boundary. Even the emotions, resentment, anger, frustration are often ever an invitation for a boundary, especially resentment. It's like, what, what has, what's happened here? Why am I feeling resentful? And what have I assumed? What have I thought? What has led to this feeling within this relationship? So neglecting self-care, this can also be a strong one, especially around holiday season, when we neglect our own needs and therefore it can spiral, we can feel more overwhelmed and it can actually lead to burnout. So that's one of the biggest calls I see is that this idea of burnout and, and realizing that there's no boundaries in place. And it's really interesting because I always thought burnout was actually being at the rock bottom, you know, despair, not having any energy. That's it. And I've, I've been, I've, I've been burnout a couple of times in my life and I thought that was it. That was the burnout. And what I learned from healing from burnout is actually that Burnout is the phase before. Burnout is when we think we're like a superhero, where we're trying to do everything. When you notice you're trying to do everything for everyone, or you notice yourself overextending, that's the precursor. That's the start of burnout. And actually, like, that's the peak before the trough. And so where can you catch that, especially if we come into Christmas and and holiday season? Like, if you notice this, because especially over the holiday season, I see, like, big peaks and then a crash afterwards. And so where can you catch this and where can you notice? So it's like, even if you have no time to yourself or like you start to daydream about dropping everything and you feel out of capacity, this is the beginning. This is the signs of burnout. And often burnout is is caused by like, yeah, not knowing how or when to say no. You're prioritizing other people over you. You're like having unrealistic expectations of yourself. Um, and not communicating your needs with people, so therefore not feeling appreciated or valued. So there's physical aspects to it of like overdoing. Then there's the emotional and relational aspects of not feeling seen or held or valued or appreciated in our relationships that can lead to the consequences of not setting boundaries. And so this is where these are, the boundaries are the ultimate form of self-love ultimate form of self-care and if you are noticing these themes or perhaps if you're not but you're just wanting more um, support around boundaries something that I thought I knew and then I only realized a few years ago was that boundary setting is actually a two-step process so it's like number one is communicating so it's assertively 
and accurately sharing our boundaries. Because the clearer we are, then the less room there is for misinterpretation or confusion down the line. So come, how clear can we be? And this creates safety because then another person knows what to expect. Often I see um, people pleasing coming out in boundary setting, like, oh yeah, um, whenever you do that, I feel hurt. Or yeah, please, can you not do this for me? Or like, I would really appreciate it if you didn't do this, or I'd really appreciate it if you could speak a bit softer with me. So here's the thing, like, I'd, I could, I'd really appreciate it if you could um, speak more kindly with me or be more gentle with me. or And actually, we need to be more assertive and clearer because then it creates more relational safety and transparency and clarity in the dynamic. So, for example, it's like when we speak about or like when we are moving through conflict, I would like you to not raise your voice. So there we know when, when is this boundary taking place, what we're expecting from the other person. And then this is the, the second piece of the action. So the first piece of the communication and being clear as possible. And the second piece is upholding how we communicate with someone through our behavior. So with this example, when I'm moving through conflict, I'd like you to keep your voice low or not raise your voice to me then the the action is like the consequences so if you do raise your voice i'm going to choose to disengage from the conversation and come back into connection when you can speak without shouting and so an example also is like when we are together i would like to keep politics out of our conversation but then someone perhaps keeps bringing up politics with you and, and you're at Thanksgiving, you're at Christmas or whatever your celebrations are and, and someone keeps bringing up politics. So therefore the second piece of the boundary is your action, the consequence. When you bring up politics or when, when you bring up politics, I don't feel heard in my request or my boundary. Therefore I'm going to choose to leave because I don't feel my boundary is being respected. And so therefore we have consequences and people know to take our boundaries seriously because if we are setting boundaries and so for example, when we are together, at, uh, please, can you not talk about politics and someone keeps talking about politics, then we are not modeling the remits and the limits of our relationship. We are then teaching someone that it's okay to not listen to our boundaries and not respect our boundaries. So that is why the second piece, the action, the consequences actually Perhaps the most important part. And this is where I can often see the greatest challenge or the nervous system dysregulation, because then we're sat in the, the sensation of upholding perhaps disharmony or um, disconnect or a different behavior than being in what we've always known. Because perhaps a behavior pattern is taking place. And that everyone's kind of got these covert agreements. This is okay. This is what we do. And when you're saying, please don't do this, perhaps someone keeps doing it. And when you set your consequences, it means that you have to sit in the discomfort of choosing a different pattern and the discomfort of how someone may respond and may react. 
But this is some of the biggest growth that will ever happen. The biggest. And now I'll share from my own experience. I, when I was younger, I set some quite firm boundaries with my family. I was 21 and I actually had a period of no contact. And then when I came back into connection, um, I had really clear boundaries of what I wanted from our relationship. And when we were in communication, my needs were. And the sensation of holding that, of the fear of abandonment from my family, the fear of being the black sheep, the fear of not being welcomed, the fear of hurting the people that I love the most was so much to hold. But therefore, then setting boundaries in friendships, business, romantic partnerships felt so much easier because we get used to the idea of, hey, I can hold the sensation of this discomfort. Like often we aren't taught how to actually manage our challenging emotions and our stories. This is where I feel like a lot of, you know, addiction, I've struggled with addiction, I'm an addict. And, you know, we're always looking for something to soothe this discomfort. And so when we're setting boundaries, if we, especially when we're a people pleaser, and we're setting that um, remit for how someone is to show up in our lives, then it can cut off that sense of um, I'm okay, they're okay. And we're very much sat with our core wounds and choosing a different neural pathway. And that neural pathway may not be there yet. It's probably likely not to be formed if you haven't set boundaries. So we're actually rewiring your brain structures here. And it may take practice and resilience and getting it wrong and being clunky the first few times. I think I've shared it perhaps on a podcast with my, my friend Charlotte, um, one of the first few. You know, when we set boundaries at first, it can be so clunky. And often we can pendulate. We haven't had boundaries our whole life. And then it can be super firm and rigid. And um, it's like a, it's an art. Setting boundaries is, and having like conscious and power relationship is an art. So can you allow yourself to sit with the sensation of coming up, seeing it as an art form and that you're doing the best that you can and we're going to get things wrong and being so kind to yourself and loving and like seeing that you, that you are creating a whole new future for yourself in this process. And so I've discussed boundaries with other people and they can be actually, you know, like level 10 challenge because then we're processing our relational trauma or attachment pieces that can come up. And how can we really implement boundaries with ourselves first? And we can be clear and model that to ourselves that we can really create the safe haven for ourselves and our own actions and our own lives. And so boundaries may take the form of like physical, sexual, intellectual, emotional, material, and time boundaries. And so with these, with this context, how can you model to yourself first, especially if it feels overwhelming, if you're noticing um, a new awareness coming online, coming online as you listen to this, or light bulb moments, um, and do let me know. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it when you send them to me. It's so sweet. And it means so much. I love you all dearly. If you're noticing these pieces land for you, and it feels activating the idea of setting boundaries with other people, then how can you set them with yourself first? And perhaps this means, you know, a great one to start is time boundaries. You know, I will go to bed at a certain time. And how can you model that? And then what are the consequences if you don't? And 
you know, often, you know, that's actually a great analogy and example of boundaries because, you know, if we set a boundary to go to bed at nine or whenever, I'm a bit of an early bed these days, so mine is nine or 10 and like winding down and downregulating my nervous system. But when I don't do that and I'm still up at 12 p.m. and I'm still working, then I feel the consequence of that. I feel tired. I feel groggy the next day. I don't feel myself. And so I've already felt the consequence of not having boundaries. And so therefore, I can see, ah, this is where I need boundaries. And then it's up to me to set them and for me to have, like, the action point to follow through. And actually, I can already feel the action and the consequences because they're with myself and I can feel what happens when I don't do them. And so noticing this in your life, so perhaps making a list, you know, physical, sexual, intellectual, emotional, material, and time boundaries. And where in your lives, if it feels like perhaps leaky, and so by leaky, I mean like it does, it feels perhaps overextending or you feel resentment. So that's actually a great question. Where do I feel resentment in my life right now? Where is anger or frustration or resentment showing up? And can that be the gorgeous nourishing gift of the implementation of a boundary? And so in dating, your boundary with yourself may be not having sex with certain people. That is your own boundary with yourself. So example, um, when you're trying to get over an ex-partner, a boundary may be in the stages of not to have sex. And so that's actually a self-boundary first before it's a boundary with another person because you're making a commitment to yourself not to have sex with them and so that you can be with the sensation of that. And perhaps you already know the consequences of not having that boundary means having sex, releasing all those arousal hormones, oxytocin, dopamine, feeling more confused, the attachment going back and forth, not being fully clear on what you want. And so you can feel the consequences and it can and perhaps you feel resentful and you feel hurt and confused. And so where can we have a boundary there to help ourselves? How can we love ourselves more through this experience? And then how can we actually love someone else more because we're clear about what our wants and needs are and we're taking care of ourselves fully? And this example kind of shows the, self, the, the step process of our own boundary with ourselves for ourselves. And the boundaries, so not having sex for myself with this person and the way, the way it benefits me. And then communicating that with someone or like if you the boundary made with someone else, yeah, you know, it's off the cards now for us. And that can create more harmony and clarity and transparency in the relationship because someone else knows what to expect. And then it can actually create deeper trust and integrity because we're following through with our word and someone can trust us in that. So just seeing the ripples and the waves of what can be created when we set boundaries. And as I shared, they can be really difficult at the beginning. They can feel like a whole roller coaster of emotions, behavior, and often we can, we can I use the word clunky. It's like sometimes we may actually hurt people with our boundaries at the beginning if we are so rigid and we pendulated we've swung from one extreme to the other um and so how can we look at the levels of boundaries and just notice whether this is us so for example on one end of the scale maybe porous boundaries so this is like poorly expressed so this is where we're saying yes when we don't want to this is where we 
um, are oversharing, if there's an enmeshment, we're people pleasing. We're depending on others for certain things that, um, and it's leading to resentment. So it's like they're weak boundaries and they're not fully expressed and clear and clean. And so therefore they can be an unintentionally harmful because when we are not expressing our boundaries, we may have resentment from that and then take our resentment out on the other person. So we may not be taking care of ourselves, feel anger, frustration, or resentment, take that out and take that out on someone. And there that's unintentionally harmful, but it's up to us to create boundaries in the first place. And so this can be porous boundaries. And this I often see it within long-term relationships or family systems or work environments, or yeah, this idea, idea of like what best friends do or families do. Um, and it's like a lot of acting out of shoulds or obligations. And so if you notice this, like so seeing your courage in, in taking the path and starting to build healthier boundaries for yourself. And on the other end of the spectrum, we may have really rigid boundaries. And so they these may feel like walls, like never sharing, not being vulnerable, cutting people out or assuming the worst of them at the first sign of conflict. You know, I often see with this, actually, um, these boundaries are on a spectrum and we will have, like often when we're building boundaries, we'll have both. So perhaps we're people pleasing in one area and we're overgiving, and we're trying to be there, trying to rescue or tear, take, and like be the good girl, the good guy, the good like person. And and then on the other hand, we may have like walls. We may not feel safe to be fully vulnerable, and we may assume the worst or like cut people out quickly because um, we've overextended ourselves with our other weak boundaries. So it can feel like this flip flop that I see as like I see this flip-flop of like people building their worth and building their confidence and building boundaries. And then it can go from um, codependency enmeshment, people-pleasing into like a fuck you attitude. Fuck you, how could you do this to me? And it's like, wow, how beautiful that you're building the worth. And this is so great, this is coming online. And how can we notice what may be playing out? Like, is this an extreme behavior? Is there a flip-flop here? And if this feels the case, just acknowledging like how that impacts other people, because our relational fear, our relationships are like built on the gateways, the doorways of boundaries. And so if we flip flop from codependency, not saying the thing to fuck you, it can feel really jarring and it can create like relational ruptures. So just having like slowness, as you know, with my work, I'm always like teaching about slowness and the like nurturing grounding approach like we can never be too slow I feel I feel like it's we're taking time to process and notice what comes up um and be with that and prioritize regulating our nervous systems so when you're setting boundaries perhaps noticing how you feel in your body first you know if you're setting a boundary from anger frustration and resentment that's probably not the best place to set it from and so if you're noticing these emotions, how can you regulate your nervous system first so that even when you're setting a boundary from resentment, because that's often a call for a boundary, you're setting it from a place of love and kindness. Because even if there's anger or frustration or resentment, I don't feel like that's an excuse for, even if it's unintentional, but like unintentionally harmful behavior. This is just the flip-flop on the growth of boundaries. And I hope this makes sense because... This is something I see a lot in dating and a lot in relationships of 
going from one extreme to the other. And within that, perhaps people in your relational field can feel so confused or like don't know what's going on because actually you are setting boundaries from a place of nervous system dysregulation. So again, coming back to this idea of how does your nervous system impact the relationships that you're having? So are you in fawn? Are you trying to people please? Are you trying to do the right thing? Are you trying not to hurt anyone else by having any boundaries, but unintentionally harming people because you can't keep up or you're not being authentic and you're out of consent and out of integrity or like are we in a fight response? And therefore it's like a, yeah, like, no, how could you do this? This is my boundary. Like you've done this. And like, so just noticing if there's stories, if there's speed, if there's urgency, how can we ground ourselves? How can we come back? How can we regulate our nervous systems and then set boundaries from this place? And so healthy boundaries will be when like our past doesn't show up in the present. And this can feel like, yeah, quite a lot of work. You know, we have to notice the trigger. Because often if we're feeling anger, resentment or frustration or bitterness or grief or these emotions that come up, it can often be a trick. It's being triggered a past wound for us showing up in our adult relationships. And the key is with having healthy boundaries and relationships is how can we process our trigger from the past or process the trigger in our relationship and still come into communication in a grounded, loving way where the past isn't present? And this may not always be possible. I like, I want to really have so much love and kindness and sweetness because, you know, even I, commun- I think recently I communicated in my trigger with someone and I was like, oh, fuck, I could have waited and I was in my trigger and I wanted to come into connection and I wanted it, this person to help me move through it and I shouldn't have communicated in my trigger. That did not make anything any better. That made things worse. That's one of the foundational tools that I did. And I could see that, wow, that's the impact of that. And I needed that reminder of like, wow, this is what happens when that when I do that. And what a gift for me to see that so I can learn and keep knowing why we don't do that. So noticing like if you are in your trigger, how can you come back to your own sense of self and then communicate from this place? And so when you're setting boundaries from this place, it's like an awareness of your intentions. Like, why are you setting the boundary? Like, why why is that? And only you know, this is between you, the universe, your own intentions, and that's up to you. Because if you're setting a boundary to hurt or harm someone, that's going to create further resentment within your own body. So when we set intentions out of love, it's actually freeing. But when we set it out of like, oh yeah, yeah, this phrase like, fuck you, you've taken from me so much and now you don't have access to me. That's creating more resentment for us. That's not helping us heal or grow, create harmony. That's just building further resentment. Being aware of our intentions, communicating clearly with someone, being clear on our own values, having like healthy vulnerability and sharing appropriately. And like, this is also what's so important, you know, like I learned communication and saying the thing a few years ago and like through conscious relationships when I, yes, like gosh, how many years ago now, quite a few. And I was always naming the thing and the deeper peace. And like, I need to say this, we need to have complete transparency, like understanding where is it helpful for me to name this piece and where isn't it? And 
you know, is this loving right now? Is it kind right now? Do I need to be the one to share it? Or is it right for me? And just noticing that. And another piece of having healthy boundaries is like being comfortable hearing a no. This has been one of the biggest lessons that I've actually gone through. I remember one of my teachers sharing with me, I want you to have your heart broken many times over your lifetime and keep it open. She's like, there's nothing that's going to stop you from having your heart broken. But the, the key is how can you keep it open afterwards? And I, it just floored me. It absolutely floored me. And like, and, she, and we had this, do this um, authentic relating game and we would be asking for our desires in this consent game. And like this, that's why I love consent so much. And so, because it's so important for so many aspects beyond consent itself. But we were asking for our desires. We're asking for our needs. And how many times can we have someone say no to us and not take it personally and regulate ourselves, notice the deeper wound that may be present, notice the trigger and like, and yeah, not taking it as a personal attack or a personal judgment for us. And this is a skill because this helps us then say no to others. Because often I can see when we're in these boundary setting phases, it's like, when, when we say no, it can be so activating. It can be like, oh my gosh, I can't imagine if someone said no to us. So therefore I need to be able to say yes because it'd be too tricking for me to hear a no. And actually, can we say no? Can we not apologize for our boundary? And no, it's the healthiest choice for us. And therefore it's the healthiest choice for our relationships because we're coming to a place of full consent, integrity and honoring ourselves. And so we're learning that setting boundaries can be innately triggering. It can trigger our core wounds of lack of worthiness, abandonment, rejection, hurting others, breaking the family mold, being outcasted, being canceled, for having boundaries, or just all these things that can come up. And so can we love ourselves through the process of setting boundaries, knowing that relationships are innately triggering. You know, I was on a workshop yesterday and I was sharing that we can heal so much in isolation and we can think our work is done. But actually when we are in intimate relationships with someone, it's going to bring up all our attachment stuff. And actually the closer that we become to people, the more it's going to trigger our own wounds and actually triggers our part of relationships. So how can we actually regulate our own nervous system to process the triggers? How can we understand what triggers come up for us? And how can we get some context and education around why these may come up and what to expect? And so this leads me to the ways people may respond to boundaries because holding the sensation of having a boundary is, and for me in my relationship, it's been one of the biggest things. I'm a recovering codependent. I'm a, I used to be a huge people pleaser. I was not okay if others were not okay. I could never find peace if someone was hurt or like if someone has a story about me. I just, I need to fix it. I need to let them know that I love them. I need to like, and I therefore, I was operating out of, out of a place of like reacting, not being okay in the moment and creating relationships where I was okay with behavior that actually wasn't okay with me but I couldn't sit in the discomfort of there being boundaries or rupture because of that, because I just needed, my worth was in the hands of other people. 
And so learning how people may respond gave a really great insight into just understanding the behavior and the psychology behind it so that it didn't feel like such a personal attack and that I didn't, it didn't feel as triggering. Although my body definitely went through the process and it was super healing, just noticing me can help us see the bigger picture because when we're in a relationship dynamic, we often can't see the bigger picture. And there's quite a lot of reasons, but I'm only going to go through a few today. Um, yeah, just for time. And if you want to know more, then you can unpack my um, boundaries course that's coming up that will have a whole full yeah workshops on boundaries and everything. But for the sake of our attention spans within the 21st century, 21st, um, going to go through the what I feel like are the most common ones. And because people may respond like this because changes in relationships can be confusing. As human beings, we prefer the familiar and our neural pathways are wired for the familiar. And we are, it's easier to stay this, like the unknown can feel so threatening to us. And so therefore, of course, people may push back against our boundaries or they may respond to our boundaries because they also want to stay the same. And so can we have compassion for if we see this behavior, even if it can feel really hard to receive? Because for people receiving boundaries, it can also feel like their own stuff is coming up. You know, if I've had boundaries. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm taking it as a personal rejection. You don't want to be around me, you, don't, you know, or something like this. You don't want to do this with me. Or you're saying no when you previously said yes. Does that mean you like me less? All of these stories and fears. So just holding the sensation of it all and noticing that when these stories are coming up, our nervous system is probably dysregulated because stories come out of nervous system dysregulation. And that actually when we're grounded and centered, we can see the love in each situation. And so a real common one to start with is a pushback. So that is like um, we set a boundary and someone, and it may happen at the beginning or or any time along with the boundary. So for example, let's use the politics one. When we're together, I don't want to talk about politics. And so the pushback may be like, I feel like you're making me change. I feel like um, I'm being silenced. I can't be my say, myself around you. And, and so it's like, you know, hearing that, like hearing, wow, this topic, is, I'm not open to discussing this topic and this is the impact for someone. And I may say like, are you really sure? Like, but the politics, you know, like, don't you want to talk about X, Y, Z or what they did last week? Or like, so pushing back, like not hearing you in your boundaries. And so if you notice this, no, focusing on your nervous system again, is it, do you feel grounded and centered and open and curious and from a place of love, you know, so hearing like, you know, I understand how this boundary, you know, how you feel around this boundary. I understand you don't like this boundary and I need this boundary to be in connection. So here we're noticing that like when people may respond, like not coming into a place of apologizing or justification, because often that can lead us into further like people pleasing spirals or like only being okay if the other person understands us or it's okay. So it's like, I, I understand that you don't like it and this is my need. And this can allow this to be like, yeah, it's like a transparency, it's a clarity. And, you know, people may push back at any time you know, it can have months down the line or it can come out in such like sneaky ways. And 
often when people are pushing back, it's like it also a call for connection. You know, everything comes down down to like love or a call for love. So often if someone's pushing back, it's like, okay, they want to find or seek connection and this is the way that they want to do it. And actually our needs aren't meeting right now. Our needs aren't aligned. So we have the pushback. And then we have limit testing. So this is the idea of like how much you're willing to like bend or like change your boundaries. Like how rigid are they? And someone like testing them with you. And it's it's really common with children. It's actually a way that children learn because, you know, they learn as they grow their independence um, where the boundaries are. So it, it's like just noticing this. And it's noticing that, you know, an adult relationship, it's like how much are they being tested? Is someone genuinely like, checking in and like finding the limit or is it feeling disrespected in a violation so for example um if the politics or like you know the politics example is like uh, you know i i heard your boundary around uh, not wanting to share about x politics would you be open i would love some i would love to discuss x or like y that came up in so and so last week would you open to discuss that so it's like a limit testing it's like checking in and therefore, someone um, is trying to understand your boundaries better. So, for example, you know, in sexuality, it's like, hey, I'm not open to um, penetration. Okay, great. Thanks for sharing. Does penetration, is that with genitals? Is it with fingers? Is it like, what could you please elaborate further what you mean by penetrating? So it's like understanding the limits of the boundary. And then, however, how it can feel like disrespect or violation is like, just something to notice of how someone responds is like when someone um, is checking in with you constantly, like, oh, you said this. For example, in sexuality, you said you weren't open for canister sex. Um, that was two hours ago. Are you still not open? What about now? Like, are you open now? Oh, I really want it. It's just still true for you. I really want, I really want it. It'd be so great. I'm so horny for you. All of these kinds of things. And then, then it's like the limit testing is, it's gone past a point of a vulnerable, open, hey, I would love to understand your boundaries more to like the testing. Are you going to bend your boundaries for me? And um, and just on that example of boundary testing within sexuality, um, I shared it on another, um, a friend's podcast recently. It's like actually holding the boundaries in sexuality is one of the hottest things I think we can do. And um when you set your boundaries with someone, when someone respects it, I think it's the sexiest thing. When you have your sexual boundary and someone is so honoring and in reverence to that boundary, it's like the biggest turn on. It's like the, the best thing. You know, I've been in intimacy with people and I've had a boundary and then I've wanted to change the boundary because often in sex, like this is why I encourage you to set boundaries ahead of time because arousal hormones set in, oxytocin, we feel amazing, we're having a few orgasms. We may want to change our boundary, but our brain structures are now in a different state. So I never recommend um, changing your boundaries from this place because actually you may experience like a vulnerability hangover the next day or after the experience because your brain structures are altered. And so, you know, in sexual intimacy, when you've set a boundary and then you're wanting to change it and you're with someone that's like, no, you set this boundary Perhaps tomorrow we can set different boundaries, but tonight you set this boundary and I'm fully honoring this. It's like the sexiest thing that can ever be. I think it's like the hottest thing ever. So, so 
appreciating to all the people out there that honor and respect boundaries in that way, even when perhaps we may want to change them. So if, though, you notice the opposite and someone's testing them, and I've also had this, I've also had people say, like, this feels like rules, and, like, I don't feel like I'm getting my needs once. And so, like, you know, do you still want, are you still not open for sex? Are you still not open? So testing, you can even name, like, I feel like you are testing the limits of my boundaries. When you don't respect my boundaries, you know, I don't feel heard, I don't feel cared for, I don't feel safe enough to go further because I don't feel like my boundaries are hurt. So it's letting people know the consequences of when they are limit testing your boundaries. And so another way someone may test, like respond to your boundaries that may be further triggering is like ignoring them. So it's like a passive, passive aggressive way of um, not wanting to respect them or sit with the discomfort of how the boundary makes someone feel. So what they may do is like misunderstand your boundary constantly. Oh, I thought it was this. I just thought it was this politician we couldn't talk about. Oh, I thought it was just this that we couldn't talk about. Or like in sexual intimacy, oh, I didn't, you know, I thought this was fine. I I thought it was penetration with this part. I didn't know it was this. And and so like, and you'll notice it's like the ignoring the passive aggressive. It's like a, a misunderstanding, but it's a few times. And, um, or like pretending they haven't heard it fully. And this can, so when this happens, like, you know, repeat the boundary, sharing how it makes you feel and that this is the boundary going forward. And perhaps what we notice is that when people push back in or like respond to our boundaries in this way, often our boundaries them in the future may change as a result. So I've noticed when I've set boundaries with people and it's been like so appreciated and allowed for deeper connection and love and support. It's like, wow, this builds even deeper connection. But actually when someone is responding in a more challenging way, then actually I become more rigid with my boundaries and then I become less open to flexibility in the future. And another way, um, so two further ways could be rationalizing and questioning. So for example, with the politics, it would be, oh, but I think if we spoke about it, then you'd get a better understanding. Oh, if we spoke about it, then you, would, then you wouldn't need to have this boundary. You know, so then with sex, like, oh, if we do this, I think you're going to feel so much better. You're just stressed right now and you probably just need this to feel better. Um, so like really questioning your boundary and like rationalizing, trying to talk you out of it. Um, like, why are you? Why are you having this boundary? And so if this if this comes up, it can really activate people-pleasing behavior. So again, coming back to not explaining yourself, not needing to apologize, your boundary is clear. And sitting with the discomfort or the sensation of how that changes the interaction because you're breaking a pattern then when we're setting down so we're actually breaking a pattern and it calls us to grow as we sit with the emotions and the stories that come up as we do this and then finally is like the defensiveness so when we set boundaries with people it can activate some of their deepest core wounds rejection abandonment lack of worthiness all of these pieces and people may feel attacked and so when there's someone else can feel attacked or like harm is being done to them, it's really important not to come into connection at this point. It's like we may want to fix and go straight in and like explain and justify. And actually what happens, you know, as we know, when there's a trigger present, someone isn't listening to you. They are listening to what you're talking about to personalize it about them and then creating a response. So it's again, it's like this fight, flight, form, freeze, trauma responses. When there's a trigger, 
we are seeing the outside world, the outside people as a threat. And so therefore, if we're communicating with someone that's feeling very defensive about a boundary, they're going to be personalizing what we are saying. They're not going to be receiving what we're saying. And it, actually, their response is a lot more to do with them and their relational pieces than it does with us. But our piece is how we handle that. So for this, like noticing how safe it feels to be with someone with this kind of behavior, noticing like the trigger in the relational field is now the best time to be in connection because actually it's not up to us to regulate someone else's nervous systems. If someone else is in their trigger, it's up to them to regulate themselves through their trigger and come back into loving connection. We can't rescue people from their triggers. And so noticing that if this is in the field and then, yeah, not making it about them. So if we come back into the connection and noticing there's a defensive streak, like, you know, and like making it about yourself, like I, I feel that when you do this, like I feel that I need this. When I like to really bring it back to me, I need this. I feel when you don't respect my boundary, I feel unheard or I don't feel cared for. So really bringing it back to us. Yes. And again, not like justifying over explaining or apologizing for the boundaries, because then what it can do is can create this cycle that it's like wrong to have boundaries. And you can kind of, I found this in the codependency before, like then you're justifying, you want to fix, and, and like it creates this like whirlwind response. So when these come up, noticing is there a trigger right now for either of us? And if there is, knowing that we, can, we need to take care of ourselves, I'm going to take care of myself, I trust the other person to take care of themselves, and then coming into connection at the right time, if you want to, and hear or like reiterate and confirm the boundary and the consequences of this. Ah. <sighs> And so these responses to boundaries often show us that actually we probably needed to put a boundary in a while ago. When we have these kind of responses, it's often with people that we're really close with, that we've never had boundaries with, with people that um, are playing out their relational needs with us. So perhaps we're in um, yeah, codependency or um, people-pleasing, rescuing, caretaking with and um, we're changing long-term dynamics or like group dynamics, and it's going to affect other people. So it's like when this can come up or it affects someone else's sense of self. And if we've been in dynamics where we prop up and we enable other people's sense of self through not having boundaries, then when we set them, there can be these responses, you know? And as humans, we often don't want change. You know, the familiar can feel so good. So having so much love and compassion for when we experience someone having these responses to our boundaries and also knowing that it's not our responsibility to caretake someone else's responses. It's up to all of us to regulate ourselves and come into connection with love, understanding, curiosity of someone else's truth. And actually boundaries free us. So while they can feel challenging at the start, they can free us because they give us permission and they give other people permission. You know, I'll never forget when I started sending boundaries to my mom and like saying to her, that I started saying no to things. And then, you know, she was sharing with me that she was saying no to her friends. And I thought, this is the biggest gift. And I remember when she started saying no to me and I was like, oh no, our dynamic is changing. And like, I want you to be all, I want you to be available to me. And like, how that changes how I, you know, like what that's bringing up for me, my abandonment room, my mom isn't there for me. And thank you. Thank you for freeing us of expectations of covert 
agreements that have been playing out in our subconscious for decades. So it's freeing. It's like modeling to people how we can show up and how they can show up for us in the highest expression of love in relationship. And so if someone sets a boundary for us, how can we be with that with grace and, and love? So it's like either respecting it, like, you know, if it needs a response, responding with, like, thank you for letting me know. Like, yeah, thank you for letting me know. I hear you. I honor your boundaries. And then processing our own triggers outside of that. Wow. She's passed set a boundary with me and I feel so upset. I feel so hurt. I've got all these stories. And where do I need support, either from some community or self-regulation, in order to process that so I can hear someone's boundaries and I can stay in the highest expression of love with someone? Ah, so we have moved through quite a lot today. And all of these um, processes of how we can set boundaries and what can happen when we do that. And so if you notice you set these boundaries, even if people say like an accepting way, thank you, perhaps there may be feelings for you of guilt or sadness or like fear of being the wrongdoer, fear of being the villain or fear of um, hurting someone. Like that's okay. And that's so understandable that guilt, sadness or fear may come up for you. So how can you see this as a way of like advocating for yourself, maintaining health and integrity in relationship? Like, This is the best way I can be in connection with you. This is a way that I can say I love myself and I love you too. And so coming back to it as being an expression of love and because often, you know, how can we reframe those those emotions? You know, if we have guilt, like if we have that guilt, oh no, I've done the wrong thing. It's like if we are betraying ourselves, then we're also betraying someone else. Like, so how can we fully come into a relationship with someone if we're coming into connection because out of should or ought or obligation? So noticing that, like, how can we reframe these emotions and be with these emotions and letting boundaries be the gateway, being the portal of us to be in highest expression of healthy love? And I fully believe all relationships need boundaries. I think if there's no boundaries, it is a quick course into resentment, anger, frustration, unspec needs, burnout, ruptures that aren't repairable because there's not skills through boundaries. So giving yourself permission to set these, giving yourself permission to sit with the discomfort and the feelings and the stories and that you are changing ancestral patterns, especially if you've never set them before. And how can you know you find the resources and the support with others in community or like all with people that understand boundaries and model boundaries to you and how can you build up your resources yourself through nervous system regulation so that you are okay when you're setting boundaries i love you all so 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 much i am so grateful for this time with you and how we create this space together it just means the world is like such a gift to hear you, to be in a relationship with you. I, yeah, I love hearing your insights and how you get on with your journey. So let me know, like tag me, reach out. And if you find this podcast helpful, share it with your friends or yeah, review it on iTunes or Spotify. It makes such a difference because it helps other people reach it. And it helps this medicine reach people that may need it, that might not know. You know, I found podcasts through 
my explore page and thought, wow, this is the perfect one for me. It happened recently. One with Danielle Laporte just popped up on my page and wow, it was the perfect medicine. So every time you review or you, you give your recommendations, it so allows these teachings to reach those that, that may be able to, to find, to have them um, who may not have direct access. So I love you all and I'll speak to you in a couple of weeks. Thank you for joining me and co-creating this community together. I am so grateful you are here.